0: Through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347 324 5552. Hello, hello, this is Leslie Gist. You listen to the Gist of Freedom. Tonight we have a guest, a uh, special guest, Mr. M.C. Richardson. Are you on the line?
1: Yes, I am. Good evening to you.
0: Good evening. Uh, could you first introduce yourself to the audience and tell them why we are here tonight um, on this show?
1: My name is M.C. Richardson. I am the chairman, the CEO, and the founder of the United Minority Media Association, Incorporated, which was incorporated in the state of Missouri on August the twenty eighth, nineteen seventy four. And our mission is to increase the participation of minorities and multicultural people in education, career development, provide opportunity for upward mobility, uh via advocacy, education, and getting results.
0: Wonderful. Now, um, you're here for a specific reason, and that is to promote your golf outing. Um, But before we go into your outing, uh, we can briefly say what day it is and how people could contact you if they want to participate and support this um, event.
1: It's the 7th Annual MC Richardson Golf Classic, and it will be held on Saturday morning, October the 13th of this year, and they have a nine AM shotgun swamble. And this is the seventh annual that was in that name, which was really established by one of our uh general manager of um Carter Broadcast Group.
0: Okay. Now how did you get involved with um journalism? You know, let's start from an early age and then work our way up to this golf. Black. Okay,
1: I uh, I was a student at a, one of the community college, and I wanted to bridge the gap or make the minority community cognizant when they had different like um, levies or they had something to come before the citizenry, because automatically, by if they said tax or levy, we would vote no. So I mm-hmm. started to bridge that gap, I was publishing a magazine called City, Enter, and Outer. And then we highlighted the goods and the pros that we thought and how this could benefit our community because if you just mention a levy or a tax heretofore, and even today, people just turn the other way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's go back a little further, when you were youngster, was was
0: there any indication that you would be in, uh, so heavily
1: involved in journalism? Well, what happened when I was at uh, Penn Valley Community College, the magazine, then I started doing a talk show at uh, KWKI. Uh, that was uh, FM-793.3 here in Kansas. It's no longer existing, And I used to do a Sunday evening show. Uh, the title was Issues in the Black Community. And what I did, I brought together the other people, the other minorities, in the who with, were with broadcast media, the one who was news report, uh, reporters for the uh, various uh newspapers. At that time, we had uh, the Kansas City Call. How to orientate our community, how media works, the ins and out, and we started. Uh, we had a reception, and we had people that really worked hard, and they uh invited 200 people but only 50 showed up and well that's good 50 out of 200 but at that time they thought the uh, place had been wall to wall and after that mm-hmm. so they decided they didn't want to do anything so i took it up on my own to bring together people radio tv reading specialists librarian and lawyers to have be inclusive so we really wouldn't have to go outside to organize this group, and we call, we end up calling it the United Minority Media Association. And we did that, and we also went into, at that time they call it the inner-city school, not middle school as they call it today, to educate and orientate our youth to get involved, not only in front of the camera or in front of the mic, but also the behind-the-scenes uh, position. Like the highest paid in most cases are the account execs. So we did this for about eight years, and we continue to have annual conference. And back in 1982, I hooked up with now defunct the National Black Media Coalition that was home-based in Washington, D.C. And I served on that board of the representative until um, probably about five years ago they went out of business. But our uh, objective was to Increase the participation, we would go to war, I might say, against the broadcast entities that were either buying or selling the station if they wasn't meeting their requirements in order to employ and upgrade minorities. And now, what state
0: are you located in? Mr. I'm in
1: Kansas City, Missouri? Missouri, the show me state. Okay. So I hope to show you. <laughs> and
0: what is uh, what is the history? What are some historical events from your town, your state, that uh, black people would be able to identify with?
1: Well, I guess we could, uh, Kansas City, Missouri, I guess one of the historical figures would have been Lucille Buford that was uh, educated here, but they would not allow her to enter into the University of Missouri because of racism. After they another person with her, he disappeared somehow, we don't know where he is, uh he, she was accepted into the University of Kansas as the first black and first minority uh in that journalism school. Out of the call, the call in KPRS, we had like the first woman and the first black to be in television at Channel Four WDAF in Kansas City was Lena Rivers Smith and she was first a reporter for the Kansas City Call, and she got a call position, and I think she did her first on-site reporting when they had the riots here in 1968. Uh, we've had that the history of the Kansas City Call goes way back. It was um, established in 1919, and then we had quarter broadcasts It started out as the A.M., and now it's uh, F.M. and A.M., They, um, I think, officially 1952, and they are the uh, oldest radio station in the nation. And then when they started, it was either a battle between the Atlanta station and KPRS, which one was the first, and there's no doubt now. And a lot of people have gotten their start in broadcast and printing here in Kansas City. And those people are, have gone on to national status, and we just want to follow the suit because we want to get more young people involved in how decisions are really made and how we could come together as a group to educate uh, our community, but not limited to. Wonderful. And what are you?
0: Uh, What are you involved with
1: right now? I know that you're on the air. Okay. I do a show uh, every Saturday. It's called Guess Who's Coming to Kansas City. Yes, I got it from Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, and then I got it copyrighted. And my show, uh, first when I started doing it, when I came over with the idea, I started a convention, tourism, seminar, but... They seem to think of anything a pertinent any issue that they would ask people to come on my show. Now, I also, uh, a little background, I used to produce um, a minority TV show here in Kansas, and I would get all the people, uh, get the guests, and start recognizing uh, a lot of people that normally people didn't know they was here or they had something really pertinent to say. So we would bring them together, we'd have roundtable discussions, we'd have town hall meetings, and we continue that, and we just, uh, our organization, you got to have a passion for any uh, not-for-profit organization. You just can't jump in, because you won't make a bunch of money, if any money at all. But we have had uh, the respect of the, of the media, and we work closely with the State Broadcasters Association. Why? Because they are the ones that have the members, and the members consist of radio and TV stations, and that's the one will do the hiring. So we have worked very closely with them, and I have a tendency to, uh, we call ourselves, when we have our conference, um, the Midwest-Southeast uh, region, which is uh, 27 State broadcasters, station all broadcasters association are normally located in the capital city of that state, and I think that's so they can lobby and what have you. And they work very closely present. We had us. We have a minority broadcast academy and then minority journalism program. And what we do is get our people ready. We used to have uh, communication magnet schools here until they went defunct. Well, they had kids from K to 5, and within that uh, school, they had uh, radio, they had uh, newspapers, they had photography, they had all that. Those kids knew how to operate all their equipment. So once they left the middle school, uh, I mean the uh, K to 5, which we said is a feeder school, they went to middle school and then they went to high school, we try to interest them to uh going off to college and uh getting a degree in uh some sort of uh communication, advertising, uh broadcast journalism and it's a lot of other areas in, in the powerful communication industry or they might refer to as the informational industry. Now when did this school open and when did it close? Well the uh broadcast academy is something that really is just getting off the ground floor in the last three or four years, but we have been referring people to all the uh, when they had opens or uh, openings of vacancy, and I just established the uh, minority broadcast as a way, as a conduit, the same way with minority journalism program that we tried to work with the press associations and the minority newspapers to get people trained and refer them um, to, after they get out of college, get them an a internship or a paid internship with the newspaper business and that way provide them with some type of preparation so they would uh, be the best candidates seeking those positions whenever there is a vacancy. Now, did you come through
0: a, a similar program as a young person? Uh, well my my
1: program tonight. was this. I basically when I started uh when I started publishing uh the publication I started doing that on a uh, monthly and that that stayed that existed for uh four years and then I took courses and I went on and got a degree and uh broadcast with emphasis uh uh well journalism with emphasis on broadcast. And I, the other one, I had a lot of experience. OJT. Mm-hmm. But at, and at,
0: at the age, uh, in middle school, you weren't exposed to journalism related.
1: No, no, when, when, uh, no, no. When I, matter of fact, I had already uh, gotten out of the navy. We said back in the seventies. Well, I got out of the navy in uh, '63, but I didn't start college until. Uh, the early 70s. Then I had a passion to want to get into broadcast and want to do things like that, so I started, uh providing uh, volunteer hours to learn how the uh, industry worked, what you had to do and how to become the best and how to instill, uh, I guess, ideas and facts of what a person should do in order to become the very best.
0: Now, who are some of your idols in the media? I know there's T V One, um, you have Ms. Hughes, you have Oprah now, you have Tyler Perry, you have Will Smith, you have a few people who are out there, um, owning studios, uh, you know, doing big things in media.
1: Well, before, prior to that, uh, I was uh affiliated with the National Right Media Coalition Primary the station and newspapers owners, and that's before Oprah Wintry, You know, she went down to Tennessee State, then she ran uh, Donahue out of uh, Chicago, and she took over. And we had we had uh, like a guy named McCormick for here, and the people lately uh, that got in a position, you would say the Will Smith. I would always hear about uh Will Smith, because a young lady would come down to Washington when we held our conference about, name was uh, Mary Mason, and she was friend of uh, Quincy Lewis, and she flaunted that all the time. And, of course, Will Smith was a friend of theirs. And I met just about all the big people, the directors, the producers, because they would come to the conference how I had a chance to meet some of the people who were idols and really were role models that we all could follow.
0: Mm-hmm. And what do,
1: you, what do you have to say about the Johnsons, BET? Well, yes, uh, the Johnsons, too, how they got started uh, with Jet and then Ebony, had a chance to meet all of them, really had a chance to kind of uh, rub shoulders with the people because they would bring them in to conduct workshops. Uh, And also, uh, they would tell us how to do things, and uh, they really, uh, during our workshops at the national conference, they brought in some of the top people in the country that would uh, not only as keynote speakers, but the ones who would uh, provide you with uh, training. We call it interactive training, where you could actually uh, engage in learning, and you could take it a step further. So. Some of the top people in this country, uh, I've met them. The the person here with uh, now Carter Broadcast, used to be KPRS, uh, was Ed Pate and Psyche Pate. Then they had uh, Andrew Skip Carter, who came on as an engineer, and now his company owns the Carter Broadcast Group. But we had a lot of uh, positive people because when I uh, was in high school, we only had one black station. And most times the station, in order to get the people to listen, uh, they played music and had request show. Then the people wanted to know about the news. And like a lot of people, even now at radio station, TV, they get the, a lot of their news off the wire service. We had another prominent guy here, uh, Eugene Jackson. I don't know if you ever heard of Eugene Jackson, but Eugene Jackson, one that founded the National Black Network, and he owned several radio and TV stations. And he and Percy Sutton, at one time, they owned the um, cable franchise in Queens, New York. And they was trying to get it uh, one established in Africa as a satellite, but Rupert Murdoch had control of that when he married the Japanese lady, the Asian lady. Uh, and she had the satellite control in Japan or China, and then he kind of controlled. So you know, he he now have became a citizen of the United States because we used to fight him because they had said no foreigner could own a radio or TV station. But now he's now is a he's a citizen, so he can do that.
0: When did she become a citizen? I've never heard this story before, and and I'm I'm so grateful that you're sharing it with us. Well, he yeah, knows, that's why you know. he can
1: he? Uh, interact and buy. I, I can't tell you the year, but at one time I was in with the court the FCC, and I used to meet all of them. Used to make, mm-hmm. I used to go up to the FCC every time I was in Washington. I had a lot of good friends, but unfortunately a lot of them retired now. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yes, he is a citizen of this country, probably of, of Britain. Too. He's originally from Australia.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, that
1: says a lot. Well, he's uh, created quite a stir because, say, like he's pro-Republican, okay? Mm-hmm. And they want to do everything uh, to get Obama out of uh, the presidency. And if anybody would accomplish as much as Obama has, there wouldn't be no contest. But it ain't about that. It's about them mm-hmm. being in control. We say racism, which we, we we strongly believe it is, but the people say, oh, no. That's just business, and we know what it is. Obama is really a true African-American by his mother being Caucasian lady, being born in the state of Kansas, and his father being born in uh, Kenya, so he is truly an African-American.
0: Now, this uh, Murdoch, are you trying to say that he blocked what Percy Sutton was trying to do?
1: He had already established, that's my understanding when, when Eugene came down, He prevented them from getting a satellite they wanted to do the, uh, have a cable. Uh, They had a name, too, uh, African uh, cable. I forget the exact name in Africa. Because Rupert Murdoch, they control just about all the media, both print and broadcast. And you got the when you have these satellites, that's how, you know, uh, Cable and uh, Direct TV work, and then he bought Direct TV, so
0: he was buying up everything. So, what does that have? How does that relate to all of these um, lack stations going under today? Like in New York, we only have one um, radio station.
1: Well, it goes back when they used to have. Uh, you go to these advertising agencies, you have these people where uh they've had some reason to try to prevent the uh the advertisers who's the manufacturer from buying black. Now is uh they switched over to the Latino or the Mexican or the Spanish uh market. Uh and they couldn't get the advertising. And they said that's a the reason. They said that was a game plan to prevent them and when you went to um uh, if you sent out your account exec or your marketing representative, they wouldn't, they couldn't produce the numbers. And you know, both of them they buy for centers, like the highest uh, rated stations in Kansas, and Missouri, or Greater Kansas City. I think it's thirty thirty one market is uh, uh Country Western. They and then when they do the, they didn't really have the dowries and that. Because dowry is just what the places, say like if you've got a, a metropolitan area, say $2 million. They would only put out $2,000, and then they would break down the percentage, and when they compiled all this, they would take it and make an announcement when the the ratings came out, and that's how the people use that to justify them spending the bucks, the oh. advertiser, and I think the one who first, uh, just like Gunsmoke, Gunsmoke was a long time. It had rating but since the people were on a fixed income, they figured that wasn't a good market for them. Okay, but here lately, where they say the economy's bad, I have seen more black, uh, I call it blacks of African descent, in the commercials, and the... Uh, the TV shows, and because we have a tendency to spend the money, a lot of people say, I don't want to spend my money on some TV show or uh, some commercial where it doesn't reflect my people. So they have them in those areas, the same way they have the Latina when they want to reach that market. And the people will spend their money. Some people hold on their money a little better than we normally hold on to it, Uh, It's just like we used to buy the premium uh, clothes, alcohol, and whatever, where the other people, they would get the private brand that didn't have that big fancy name. Or you can say the same with Cadillac. You can say uh, the same thing with a lot of things. Whatever the the top um, clothes, cars, alcohol, jewelry, or whatever, that's what we went after. Instead of going to the discount stores. Hmm.
0: Hmm. So, what do what do you have to say about the trend of of African Americans now owning their own um, stations and uh, you know in this internet movement? You know, what would you recommend for a young person coming well, into this field? Well, that's the
1: role I played when I was one of the uh, vice chairman of the Midwest Southeast region. That I recommend we should get more into ownership, and mm-hmm. I remember I went to uh, Denver, and out of about forty-three stations up there, they have one AM, and that was owned by the minority. They would not let them buy, um a FM station. They just own one, and now instead they they sold that AM. What I would recommend, my whole deal, that uh, for people to acquire and get as much in the ownership as possible, and then the people out there support them. Like Kathy Hughes. Kathy Hughes originally was born in Omaha, Nebraska, and at one time she, I don't know if she still um uh, 60-plus stations, but it goes back to the advertising where they get in trouble and, uh, to support. Those stations would keep them afloat. Uh, now there are several people with their own TV networks, uh, or they want to have their network. Now, the one mm-hmm. that's been, uh, while she was with uh, the major network, Oprah Winfrey was number one in the market, but now she has her own network, so it'll take a little while for her to, uh, and then you have to uh, look at the color of green, the mm-hmm. cast that will keep you afloat. But more mm-hmm. people are owning their own advertising agency, more people that uh, acquire their, their monies, they're like a Will Smith, Sidney Poitier, Bill Cosby, and people, and um, Tyler uh, mm-hmm. Tyler Perry, they're in mm-hmm. position that they can do that. Even the actors, and they become uh, directors because they can get money in order to finance them. We didn't have a lot of people who have really, and then getting the people, once you produce, uh, a movie whatever get the audience that about it. I think Tyler Perry is probably one of the top. Uh he started out with the people who say well they have people bootlegging uh uh people these uh, people go like the black market they take their little cameras and they go in when they had a play or something and then they come out and sell bootleg copies and then I think he ceased that but then he started hitting the stage, started hitting TV, and he's been very successful, and he's under 50. So we have to have people. We don't trust one another either. We've got to have people who are going to stick together with a plan. First, you've got to have a plan. you got to be able to, how are you going to uh, finance it and how to keep your revenues coming in and training folks and for people to move up. You know, you go through internships. Like, I think I was probably in the first one to the, the start internships here in the Kansas City market, most of the radio stations, they would get people from other stations that are training, but they didn't have an intern position, so to speak. Now all of them got interns. But.
0: Great. Now, how does, uh, how does one uh, get involved with the FCC? And how, you know, what is the role of the FCC as far as trying to purchase your own radio station?
1: Well, I, I went after, what the FCC uh, does, uh, when they, uh, station come available, first you have to attain an FCC lawyer, okay, mm-hmm. and you have to come up and uh, get a station, and at one time they used to allow you 18 months, but I was going after a low-powered uh, radio FM station, which was a 3,000 watts, and... I have to go out and locate a tower So that we could um, I Put our I can't call it right now You got to have that And you got to also They allow you uh, probably with 90 days If you could um, Be on the air without any advertising But after that you have to go out And sell time mm-hmm. I'm with a station And how long does that, is that process I'm
0: sorry finish what you were
1: saying I'm with a station now as a uh, non-commercial, in other words, uh, they don't uh, have advertising per se. They call it underwriting. And what happens underwriting gives you uh, like a simple answer. Uh, underwriting might list the person's business, what they do, the operation hour, but they don't tell you the prices, just like uh, a grocery store uh, wouldn't advertise in a not-for-profit uh, non-commercial radio station. And how they exist is on people making pledges. Now they got one here, probably one of the top stations, but it's uh, located on a college campus. So they have the uh, people in a certain area in Johnson County in Kansas City, which is supposed to be the one with the people that got a little more disposable income, and they support that. And they also they buy uh, other top shows in the country, whatever and they play them back. We have to. We all serve as volunteers. And they say we've been very effective. I'm um, trying to increase the uh, minorities' listenerships there. And that's how and I've I been doing it. everything with uh, my organization. Uh, we establish uh association and partnership with the broadcaster, with the press, with uh, other organizations, and uh, try to make it a win-win situation by doing that. Providing people, uh, and presently, when they set up the minority broadcast, that was a way to uh, be a conduit, get the people out of high school, refer oh, them, yep. get them in I,
0: I, Right. That sounds um, excellent. But uh, getting back to the FCC, now, in 1996, didn't Clinton do something? He changed the whole game as far as uh, who can own a station. Or some frequencies and the bands and and how you know, what's the process of uh buying a frequency right now and how long does it take? Well, you really,
1: gotta have some available. Like they mm-hmm. have a lottery program. They might have mm-hmm. a lottery say if they got X amount of low power radio or T V or what have you, and then you uh that lottery you have the lucky number and then the people bid on it. And mm-hmm. once you get that, you get opportunity. I went through all those trying to purchase a 3,000-watt station. I had to go out and uh, now I know what I meant to say. On this tower, you these people with the tower that normally a 1,000 feet high, whatever, you lease space on there for your antenna, antenna. And what we did, it was about four of us, the final people, going for the station. And they said that 3,000 watt would uh, reach 25 miles. And they said if you got 2% of the market, that would represent millions of dollars. You have to first, when you go for it, you go through all these dispositions and see if anybody else wants the station, and once you get it, you got to be prepared to have a station. You got equipment to purchase, and you got to uh, be able to stay on meet all the guidelines. That's what the FCC does. You have to follow the uh, guidelines. It's just like the state of Missouri and the state of Iowa. Normally, their expiration uh, date a year is uh, is the same the date rather, and what happens in that that you have to fulfill like community service and what have you and the, what they did they changed the communication law. They changed it whereas uh T V station have to renew their license every five years and radio station have to renew theirs every uh seven years. Then you have cable vision, they got their own set of uh, rules. It's different from the regular broadcast and then the people once they get you know, in order to meet the requirement for renewal, the radio station, TV station, that you can come to our public office and read our public files. They have to record all that what you say it could be bad, good, or whatever, and they send that up to Washington, the FCC office, and uh, community service. Like when I went to uh, down to Tennessee, that we have a partnership with them, they community service deals with weather. They have a lot of the big tornado alley. But the other one is what you do for the community, the different people. Now, we know that people make their money through their music or their programming. But to mm-hmm. stay on there, you got to show you serve the community. You might have people want to challenge you. And, a lot of people that one time they they changed that the back well that might have been Clinton where the people could buy more than one station in the same market, so the big boys or the uh conglomerates they would buy up all the small stations now we got a station a couple of networks here, not network but media company they got cumulus that's um they own seven stations. And you got Intercom. They own eight stations. Another one, Wilkes, When I mean, you got the money, they bought up four station and uh, Quarter Broadcast uh, own two station. And you got some daytime. And you got the Hispanics trying to buy a station. Uh, quarter Broadcast. Uh, quarter Broadcast Group is the only station, African American or black, in the state of Missouri. The rest of them are formatted black, but owned by non-blacks. And you got a lot of people by up these stations, a lot of small stations. You have more of Dyson up in Chicago. He teamed up with some uh, former football players, and he started out in Chicago. They own about 28 stations, and they normally go by those smaller stations. They could be uh, day timers or... and the daytime, you know, dust to dine or what have you. Uh, and they get started in different markets. You have uh, the people uh, who own the gospel station. They go buy a whole bunch of gospel stations to get their word out. There. So that's the way that they can uh, well, get. How the- long has that trend
0: been going on? Where oh. big companies are buying little
1: ones? Well, quite a while. They kind of cut back on it, but it's been going on about, mm. I would venture to say at least 10 to 15 years, because mm-hmm. the station, what they would do, they would come in and buy all those. They would buy up to a smaller market. They're still buying, like Wilkes Broadcasting. They started out with four stations here in Kansas City, the same way with uh, Cumulus. They they tested Kansas City, and once they put their, got their foothold here, they reached out and bought other stations, and normally in the broadcaster magazine normally tell you what stations are available, and people mm-hmm. that's their bible. And people look at if they got the money. And what happened when I going, I didn't have any money, so I had to put in my sweat equity. And it was a lawyer out of Philadelphia named Reagan Henry. What he mm-hmm. would do is go and buy and sell stations. So he think
0: was the one still around that, in Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, well, he was in I don't know if, Reagan, Mary Mason is the person, well, they said she was the first person to have her own talk show in the country. She's a good friend mm-hmm. of him, Reagan Henry. Mm-hmm. Now, Reagan Henry came in, and <clears throat> when we brought him to our conference, all the non-black, they knew exactly what he was talking about. But we didn't know. We we were mm-hmm. there to learn. And that's another mm-hmm. thing. You have to know what's going on and. You have to go to school, you have to get somebody uh you got when you get an opportunity to be an intern people don't realize but those internship and on the job training is valuable experience if you're not born with a bunch of money, okay? Uh right. same with Eugene Jackson when they when he bought up the stations and started the National Black Network, that gave him an uh, opportunity because if you got money you got some people will offer you station because they could receive uh, tax credit. And by having that tax credit, that saved them money, and that's what a lot getting rid of the stations. Right. Um, now, how is the Internet affecting
0: the radio, the traditional radio stations? It Are has they now streaming live?
1: It has a tremendous impact on uh, the station, the same way with all these different, not on the Internet, but uh, also these other uh, smaller stations, uh, it's hurt. Also. the man. And the Internet has really uh, put a uh, damage uh the print industry. So when people are buying newspaper, they can go on the Internet and get all the information.
0: Now, so are, are you streaming past- live? Are you streaming live on the Internet, your radio show? Yes. Okay. Explain how how that came about and uh, logistically.
1: How well, did you? Uh, mm-hmm. Well, the station that I do a show, we had a group of people came to us about uh, thirty years ago that said they wanted to start a not-for-profit and get a LC, get a FM uh, license, and so at that time I delegated two individuals to represent us. That station's been on the air twenty eight years now and <clears throat> their whole thing is in order to stay on the air they have to they was having bingo games and anywhere they could generate funds. But now it's um, like three times a year, every quarter it seemed like they have these pledge drive where the people uh pledge money. Like that station uh, they need about mm, I guess three hundred thousand a year to stay afloat. Now you got um, the the state's public station at the college here, at uh, KCUR, they get a uh, million dollar pleasure because the people that they're listeners are the, the affluent people, you might say, and also they buy programming from like uh, NPR and uh, to keep the people keep people up to date. So it's a constant thing of getting, uh, having the required revenue. And then a lot of time it's just like people listen to the show, but they don't. Uh, my particular station, they got, they came in existence because they were supposed to fill a void that the other stations wasn't doing. Like they offer more jazz, they offer more blues, and what have you. Uh, a lot of time on the other commercial stations, Maybe Sunday or designated date or hour is when they have those particular segments of it. And what our station is uh, blues, uh, jazz, and public affairs. Now public affairs doesn't draw money, but it's a necessity. According to the FCC, you must do to provide uh, that community that is uh, what they said. Uh, Underprivileged, or. Um, right. Yeah. And so so, how
0: long have you
1: guys uh, that's been what I've been streaming? trying to do is to get more minorities to listen. Although we have more than nine minorities listening to your show, reading your newspapers, they figure they can find out what you're doing. They can also.
0: That's, that's true. They can
1: get monies to bring black folks in, minority folks in there. They put together mm-hmm. a program that's shovel ready that. We can't get a lot of them. They, they do more. They'll come out and it's like they'll duplicate people. And it's just like if you come up with an idea for six months, they've got your idea and ran with it. <laughs> like it's yours.
0: Yes, that's true. That can happen. Now, um, how long? I'm just curious. How long have you been streaming live? And have you noticed a difference since you've been on
1: the internet? Well, yes. Uh, I've had people, I talk to people all over. And uh, sometime in the future, we'll get you on the show. the furthest I had people to call was, uh, what was that, Uh, Queensland, Australia. I had never heard of that. I'd been to Australia while I was in the Navy, but they were 16 hours ahead of us. And the people over in uh, Europe, some are seven hours ahead of us, some are 10 hours ahead of us. And it just depends. We're in the central time zone. And it's like you in the uh, the Eastern Time Zone, okay? Uh, and like you are ahead of Kansas City, so uh, we can. They, all they got to do is go on there. Like if people want to say listen to my particular show, they could go to www.kkfi.org. Kkfi. and they could pull it up on the website. They could tell you the programming or you could uh, pull up those particular shows. Excellent.
0: Now,
1: that leads us to your golf
0: outing. Let's talk about
1: the golf outing before we close the show. Oh, yes. Uh, this is the 7th annual. I've been doing it about 10 years, and uh, what it is, it's really not that much money for what we charge for registration. Uh, the registration fee for individuals is $75, and for a foursome is 300 you really you really don't make any money off of that. what you do if you're able and fortunate enough to um uh, get sponsorship and that's what benefits our minority broadcast academy and our minority journalism program and like if you sponsor a whole or you sponsor a card or if you uh they have like four special events like the shortest uh putt, and this has another. Our, our cost is a low cost of um, $150, and everybody wants to say, what do I get for that? What do you get for that? You get the signage. You get on our flyers, on our brochures, on our banner, and we publish a quarter newspaper called the Yuma Quarterly Newspaper News, and how we disseminate it is um, electronically, and we do it every quarter. we got students involved with that. In order for we got them on book scholarship, and that's what our sponsorship go for. It goes for uh, these uh, students providing them with scholarship, book scholarship, what have you. And what they have to do for us, they have to submit uh, quarterly articles. They have to first, they have to be current. Uh, their dues and our student membership is only twenty five dollars, and professional is fifty dollars, and associate is two hundred dollars, and the corporate is five hundred dollars. Now, trying to get as many people to sponsor, and we're taking sponsorships. And what a sponsorship means, what we need from you is just your logo, and we put your logo um, on, like I said, the flyer, the brochure, the newspaper, on the banner, and it's just as simple as that. And somebody would, and we still need that. All they would have to do uh, is. They want to mail in that check or money order. They can mail it to either United Minority Media Association, Inc., or our acronym, UMMA, 5511 Woodland Avenue, Suite 1, Kansas City, Missouri, 64110-2921. Now, if they're not taking this down and they want to call, all they have to do is call 816 822 1313. 13. And we've been going on getting ready for our fourth year. We have never really had major funding or any type of funding like that. We'll be, we've been blessed that we're able to cover our costs at our conference. And that day, Indian summer, October uh, the 13th, according to our, our Bible, which is our almanac, uh, it's supposed to be a, a sunny and warm day in the last three or four years has been beautiful. And we're trying to get Mm -hmm. people from all. We have people that maybe they can't be here, but they will send in a sponsorship or donation. I will repeat that again. All they have to do is send it to Yuma. um, And there's a care of, uh, you can say, the golf, uh, I'll get it anyway, golf classic. And 5511 Woodland Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri uh six four one one zero dash two nine two one and that fifty five eleven woodland is the avenue and we look we did have some people uh that came uh they haven't uh come to town to play bridge here and they came up and participated in our golf tournament, so we yeah. are trying to get the people out uh and our call is really, really is to get those uh sponsorship to uh, provide as many students as possible in college, and then hook them up with the state broadcasters. And we have established another component called um, a point person, which the person will interact and work with the various state broadcast associations. They will recruit people at their college, and then they refer people and for internships, and anytime they have any uh, vacation, they have a job to state broadcast. And I have a pretty good rapport with a lot of state broadcasts. I got about seven now, but I'm I'm trying to add to them. And Wonderful. Because we, we have people like with the uh, internet, and uh, we can reach all over. And our me and our motto is media is global. Wonderful.
0: And now I want to ask of, you. Let's get back to your show. Could you okay. tell us about a few guests? Um, some highlights and some guest uh, shows that you're very proud of and
1: you want to talk about right now, and so that we can get people to tune in to your, um, to your radio show. Get them the website, again, okay, if they the want to listen to is you. Okay, www.kkfi.org. Now, my show, Highlight, I didn't have some of the, I guess, top people. Recently, I had some local people. We talked about the Olympics about this person uh, trained Maurice Green from this area mm-hmm. where he was a uh, gold medalist. And we had a lot of people who have gone to the Olympics. And I do the, uh, when people, my show is, guess who's coming to Kansas City? Um, we When people come in for the NAACP, I normally have them come on my show or call into my show, and that gives them added publicity. And I'd have had broadcasters. Mm-hmm. I've had some of the top people in the country. Uh, And Congressman Cleaver, who is the uh, chairman of the Congressional Black Caucus, uh, he normally comes on the show quarterly to keep the people up to date. And I have um, a lot of people that, uh, the Hispanic, when they have their money. What I do on my show, I have, we celebrate Black History Month. November is American Indian Month. We have uh, Kwanzaa, we have Black Music Month which is June, we have Women Month which is March, we have uh, Jazz Month which is April, and I'm getting ready to establish the ethnic enrichment uh festival commission. They have about sixty or seventy countries that every year the third weekend of August they celebrate the wear, they close, they do their dance, they sell their food, and they was just so thrilled to death uh, that I had them on the show, so I tried to get as many people as possible and get the other people to work, and we also uh, train the students here in high school and what have you to learn how to operate a radio station, how to work the board, and how to do interview and how to write, and we established a component, which I want not be glad when you... Join we call the Human Media Network, which are people that talk show hosts and producers throughout the country, and that way we can have a, collectively, we can have a greater impact of things that happen in our community, of various communities, some things that work uh, where you are, uh, might not work here, or vice versa, we can share a thing. That's what I used to do with the National Black Media Coalition. I would go up there, they would understand me more than the people in my own backyard, Okay. Right. And so now, that's how you got to hook up. And a lot of people, I used to do a show called RNN out of uh, Greenville, uh, South Carolina. And okay. I'm steady hooking up with people, and this is what we got to do. A lot of people said they want to do something, but they're short-lived because of the lack of revenue. Mm-hmm. Now, where where
0: where are you going to have your um, golf out And tell us about the location. And
1: more about it's going to be at uh, the Swope Remo- Memorial Golf Course. That's 6900 Swope Memorial Drive. That's in Kansas City, Missouri. And that place used to be where they didn't let blacks play golf. And on the, when you go to the clubhouse facility, they have the historical uh, pigeon. Joe Lewis and uh, Charlie Stifford and uh, uh, Mr. Gibson and different people and now uh, they have we would pro- we probably have about over 350 different golf tournaments a year. They got over a hundred golf courses, but we have chose to do that, have that one. But the main thing we have students and it's open to both men and women and. A lot of people, like we are encouraging, like my show, getting out to vote. We can't endorse because of broadcast, but we bring a lot of people on Or if we have a debate, I would like to have a debate on the two people running for the uh, U.S. uh, Senate, but I have to contact them because we have to feature both of them. And that market we have here, the people listen to it, whether they call in or not, and sometimes you get a controversial then everybody want to call you when you when well, it's time to go off the air. But we have well, some. Out, they tell me we have some outstanding shows. And like I have people listen from all over the country and different parts of the world. Wonderful.
0: Now, um, before we go, how are you um, helping to get the vote out for this very important election?
1: Well, there's different group. I'm doing it in different segments of my show. Mm-hmm. I will bring in. I had every week. I'll do a segment on getting the vote out, and, well, first of all, uh, get the people to register, and the deadline to register for the uh, general election is October the 10th here in in Missouri, okay? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. also getting people to counteract voter suppression, voter ID. Uh, If you notice, they picked the 28 states that Obama won in 2008, Come in with this voter stuff, but you got a lot of federal judges that are um, uh, kind of shooting that down. They have one guy that was supposed to be on my show, Secretary of State in Kansas. He was trying to get Obama' name taken off of the ballot. They they they, they shot that down. But I'm just saying, uh, the people uh, uh, the people have to check things out. Uh, we got some people could articulate so well. And one wouldn't be an ounce of truth in there. You and I both know if Obama he shouldn't have any trouble whatsoever. But you got to go out and vote. They will steal ballots, they will do all that. They will tell you how they vote and go inside that uh voting uh booth and vote the other way. But we have to get people out. They do everything, they they write you off, anything, they uh, it's like I took some people and you are surprised me I had a young lady I hit up the um, news and public affairs uh, committee at the station, and this lady came on, a lot of them, they don't even know what poll tax was, even though they were born in the South. They said, why would they do that? And a lot of them didn't know about counting. They'll tell you how many bubbles in the bar of soap. Our people don't keep up. Now, you get back to our youth. A lot of youth don't know about our people, like they might know Martha Luther King, but they know about Malcolm X. It's something we have to educate, re educate, and we have to do something. At home, at these uh different centers, we have to do a better job and then plus our people gotta be willing to learn too. All right. That's
0: so true. Well, I had a wonderful time talking to you tonight. Um, I learned a great deal. Uh you know you can share this link on your website and um you know, I encourage your your listeners to listen on to our show, the Justice of Freedom. And um, you know, we talked about working together um, in private and uh, hopefully we'll be able to do that. So before I well, we go I hope so can you too and you on? can
1: probably email mm-hmm. me, I'll email you that so we can uh put that and then as soon as you are able do an article on you and what you do so we can Put it in our quality newspaper, okay?
0: Yes, we will. And before you sign off one more time, give out your phone number, your email, your website, everything, and then we'll call the show.
1: Okay. My uh, website is being updated. N E T net. My phone number is 816 uh, 822 thirteen thirteen. My my email address is U M M A. You spell out seventy four S E V E S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, F-O-U-R, at Yahoo dot com. And my show is Guess Who's Coming to Kansas City. Uh it's every Saturday, five to six PM Central Standard Time. And it is online. You can get it by just going to www.kkfi.org dot and it's been my pleasure speaking with you. You allow me the opportunity, and hopefully, some people might say, Well, by God, let me send in a sponsorship. And once again, that could be sent to Yuma and 5511 Woodland Avenue, Suite 1, Kansas, City, Missouri, 64110 2921. And you can email me your logo, and we'll put that logo, give you signage, put it in our newspaper, put it on our banner. And we have our photographer. We can probably uh, email the picture file, so we give results. Like you know, what we're doing. We want to let this just be a point of beginning. And we love you. And like they thank say, thank
0: you so much, Mr. Richardson.
1: They say God bless America, United States. Thank you. Good evening. All
0: right. Thank you. All right. Bye bye.